For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yeah, sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, Boston Bruins fans. I'm Kurt Schmeed, and you're listening to Believe in Boston Bruins on the Believe Podcast Network. We believe in Boston Bruins. Do you believe? On this week's episode, three more Bruins players return to Warrior Ice Arena, and the NHL has its timeline set for when it makes its return. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on all your favorite directories iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn, and you can find us at Believe.com and at, and at Believe Podcasts. The NHL announced Friday that since the start of Phase 2 of its return-to-play plan, 11 players have tested positive for the coronavirus. The Tampa Bay Lightning had to temporarily close their training facilities on Friday because three players and some staff members had tested positive for COVID-19. There is no timeline set for when Tampa Bay will reopen its facilities. And Maple Leaf star Austin Matthews has also tested positive for COVID-19. He has been working out in his, in his home state of Arizona. The numbers have grown in Florida and Arizona over the past few weeks. So now I'm, now I'm thinking to myself, well, what about the other Florida team? What about the Arizona Coyotes? You know, did these, did these, you know, did any of these Tampa players or, well, we know Austin Matthews has been working out in his, in his home state. So he caught it there. But what about the, these Tampa Bay Lightning players? Did they catch it? You know, in while they were staying still in Florida, did they stay in Florida? You know, or did they go back to their home country or their home state and catch it? So it'll be interesting to see where these players, where these Tampa play Tampa Bay players were prior to coming back to the facility for a voluntary training. Now, phases three and four will have a much tighter protocol. But will that be enough to save the playoffs? It's too early to close the book on on the season, but it's also early enough to cancel and wait until October. And how will the Tampa problem, you know, how will the Tampa problem resolve, you know, how will this go? You know, will will this incident determine whether it's it, it means the end of the playoffs? and they get canceled, and we have to start in October. We don't know these things. I mean, I'm not ready to say it's over. We knew with increased testing it was this was a possibility. We don't know if any of these players are asymptomatic or symptomatic or whatever the hell you want to call it, but there's a lot of factors to consider, Bruins fans. Even last week, the Bruins announced that a player had tested positive. We don't know who that player is. Maybe we'll find out in a couple of weeks, but right now he's back in, you know, he's not at the training facility. 
you know, he's not at Warrior. So until then, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. Because so far, eight Bruins have taken part in at least one on-ice workout. Matt Grizzlick, Tori Krugsch, and Sean Corrali joined Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand for phase two of the voluntary workouts at Warrior Ice Arena last week. So it's going to be interesting what the groups are going to be like when more players arrive. So last week, you know, you had, not only did you have Grizzly, Krug, Corrali, Bergeron, and Marchand, but you also had three more players that, that were there, and that was Lindholm, Chara, and more. Now, Phase 2 is only limited to six, play, you know, six players at the facility at a time, and it's restricted to players only, so coaches and executives can't even be in the building. So it's basically, basically guys just skating around with the puck and doing drill, all types of drills and everything. So it's going to be interesting, you know, to see what happens once we, you know, once more players arrive. Right now, I've seen three to five players take part in each workout. Maybe the Bruins are being respectful to, to the Warrior staff by having a two or three or four or five player minimum. You know, but what happens when camp opens? Will it increase, you know, every session increase to six players? Maybe two defensemen, three forwards, and a goaltender once more players arrive. I mean, that would make sense. You know, you could have your three forwards, which would be Pasternak, Bergeron, Marchand, your two defensemen, which would be McAvoy and Chara, and the goaltender, you know, would be Tuka Rask. But the thing is now, are all six guys going to be allowed on the ice? Or are they only going to allow three guys on the ice while the others are upstairs in the weight room? It'll be interesting how it's going to work out. You have 24 guys on the roster. How do you decide who, who works out with who and at what time? How will Cassidy and his son, and his staff run drills at, in camp without a full team on the ice? There will probably be two, three, four sessions. And this might even better, think about it, it might even benefit the players. Maybe the coaches will spend more time working with one play, with one of the players. You know, you got that one-on-one time. You know, maybe take a, take a rookie and, you know, show him what to do, you know, different techniques and stuff like that. Um, you know, this could also be treated like an optional morning skate for some of the players. But we'll know more once camp starts on July 10th. Now, I know everyone, you know, they're seeing Bergeron and Bergeron and uh, Marchand out there, and everybody's wondering where David Pasternak is. Well, he's currently back home in in Prague. He's skating two days a week with other NHL players. And training on, off, he's training off ice five or six days a week. And it's good to see him up, keep him up, him keeping up with his training during this time off. He had 48 goals during the regular season, which tied him with Ovechkin. Um, and he finished his sixth season with 47, well, with 48 goals, 47 assists, and 95 points in 70 games. So I'm not really worried about him because if there's one guy who's ready to go, it'll be Pasta. Not only has he been skating and practicing during the break, but he's also started the, the last two seasons on a hot streak. And the thing is, he has to come back soon no matter what. Because work visas, I didn't even know this, work visas expire on June 30th. And since the pandemic makes it, it, makes it extremely difficult to, to process uh, visa renewals, 
it's going to be essential for him to come back uh, with enough time for the Bruins organization to um, renew renew his application on his behalf. So he should be back soon. So if it starts, camp starts July 10th, probably, I would say he would have, he would have to be back here by the 30th, my, my guess. So maybe we'll see him at Warrior in two weeks, you know. But I still don't know if he'll have to quarantine in two weeks prior to camp being open. It would be nice to have him back sooner to build chemistry with his linemates again. But then again, we're talking David Pasternak, you know, or he doesn't really, they don't really need, to me, the way that they they carried this team during the season, I don't think that they really need that much team chemistry. But it would be nice to have him back be just before they get to the um, training camp or camp or whatever the hell you want to call it now. Now, during ESPN's return of, there was a, I didn't even know this, that ESPN had a return of sports special. And, Ari, and NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman uh, was on it, and he revealed why the league decided to go with the particular format. Now, the league had 100, 189 regular season games left as of March 12th when the NHL decided to take a break from the season or when they decided to put the season on pause or whatever the hell you want to call it. While the regular season was almost completed, they had several teams that were on the bubble. That makes sense. Any of those teams that were on the bubble out on the out on the bubble outside of the top 16 in each conference had a legitimate chance of making the playoffs. That too. Some more than others. And they decided to have a playing round to give those teams a chance at ultimately making the playoffs. And that's going to wind up being the best of five series. And this all makes sense. The Rangers would have made the playoffs if the season would have continued. I mean, towards the end of the season, they were on a hot streak. They deserve to be there. Carolina probably would or Carolina would have been out. Um... Columbus would have been out. The Islanders still were in there, and they still had a chance. But the Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes were are actually going to play each other in the qualifying round, and the winner will play one of the top four seed teams in the Eastern Conference. The Bruins finished the shortened regular season as the NHL's best team, but they won't automatically get the number one seed. Instead, the Bruins are going to have to play a round-robin tournament along with the top two teams from each conference. So the Bs technically could be the number one force, the number four seed, while Philadelphia becomes the number one seed. So, or Tampa Bay could be the number one seed or the Washington Capitals. Anybody can be the, be the number one seed. So the Bruins, and if you think about it, there's really no, the only advantage you have at being the number one seed is you're going to play a lower seed later. That's it. There's no home ice, no nothing. All right, so you might as well just throw that all away because the main the main thing for these four teams is that you're going to be playing some, some games and you're going to be in better game shape for when you have to start the actual playoffs. Now, the big question during the round, Robin, does Cassidy rest veteran players so they'll be rest, well-rested for the playoffs? The Bruins are only playing three games, and I don't think they, they really need the rest. They've had three months off. I can see not playing not playing these guys so they don't get injured. But all the players need some game time after being away, and they need to get the team chemistry back. 
Teams like the Canadians, the Rangers, the Penguins, the Edmonton Oilers, all these teams are going to be playing their top veterans in the in the in the round in the, the playing round. Why not play Chara, Bergeron, Rask, and Marshawn? You know, it's going to be interesting to see if any of these guys sit out at least one game. I don't. I do expect to see Halak play one game. Maybe he'll play the second game. And there's some discuss. There is also some discussion about expanding the rosters to 28 players, so we could see a few Providence players get a chance in these three games, I w- or even even the playoffs. I wouldn't rule out seeing Trent Frederick or Jack Stanika play a couple of games in in the round robin and the playoffs. And for some Bruins, for some of you Bruins fans out there, maybe worried about the team losing momentum. True, but there are some positives with the extended break. Like I brought up, for veterans like Bergeron, Rast, Krejci, Chara, and the rest of them, the pause will be helpful for the health. Think about how banged up these players could have been towards March or even going into the playoffs. Would they even have been able to go all the way to the finals? I know they they were the best team, best team in the league, but how far can you go? When you're fighting minor injuries late in the season, I mean, what was it? A couple of seasons ago, they were Bergeron had a punctured lung. You know, one one guy's playing with a broken foot, another guy's playing with a broken wrist. You know, somebody's playing with, you know, some type of other injury. You know, somebody had a bad back. You know, this break will will help will help these veteran players. Now they'll get a fresh start. All the minor injuries should be healed up and they should be ready to go for a long run at the Cup. Now, the NHL has a timeline set for when it's going to make its return. The Stanley Cup fi- the Stanley Cup tournament is set to begin on July 30th with teams reporting to, to their assigned hub cities either July 23rd or July 24th. The NHL and the NHL Players Association hope to come up with an agreement about the two hub city, what two hub cities will return the will um, what two host cities will be what the two host cities will be by the end of this week. Right now, Vancouver, Edmonton, Toronto, Vegas are still the front runners. Now, the Canadian government released a plan to try and help the three Canadian markets become a hub city for the NHL's return. Toronto, Edmonton, and Vancouver all gave their approval for the NHL's plan to keep players separated from the general public, which is a good idea. The move would allow the NHL to bypass the traditional 14-day quarantine for anyone entering Canada. Now, last night, my wife and I were or my wife and I had a discussion about taking a trip over the summer, you know, getting away for the summer. And we decided we would go to Canada, you know, do a summer trip. We've always planned a summer trip. So we decided we were going to plan a summer trip to Canada. But like I like like I just said, there's a there's still a 14 day quarantine. So basically that threw it out. But I got to thinking, you know, we were looking at going to maybe like somewhere up around Montreal. So that's what we were thinking. But apparently what I just read a little while ago is that the numbers have increased a little bit in in Montreal so you can call you can scratch Montreal off the off that list of hub cities if if there was a possibility now Toronto now Toronto would be a great fit it's in the east so you can have the eastern conference game tournament there 
and they have two and they do have two arenas. The Leafs have their home arena, the Air Canada Center, and the Coca-Cola Center where the Leafs minor league team plays. So this way they can get more games in. So and they there are also a bunch of there's also a bunch of uh um what a junior team um, arenas there where they can where teams could practice. So I think Toronto would be a really great fit for this tournament. And plus it's on the East Coast. Nobody wants to nobody want none of the Eastern Conference teams or the fans of the Eastern Conference teams want to watch a tournament for the for their team being for their team's conference being played in Vancouver, which means that you'd probably wind up watching games at 11 o'clock at night. Now the other thing you have to think about. Now we're going to be we're everybody's going to be in tight quarters in this little hub city and everything else. The NHL has assured its coaches that when they return this summer, there will be no no restrictions prohibiting them from doing their jobs. The NHL, though the NHL isn't expected to mandate mandate any restrictions, if a coach doesn't feel comfortable being part of the team's environment or being the being the team environment, for health or personal reasons, the league said it will help accommodate that coach. Now, I've thought about this over the past couple of weeks when when they first announced this. Where are the coach are the coaches going to be able to be directly behind the bench? You know, are they going to let them like be maybe a couple rows behind the bench? Who knows what's going to happen in this situation? And. You got you got to figure where staff is going to be. Where where are they going to put the trainers? You know, I brought this up last. Believe it was last week. You know, are they going to have trainers? You know, in the locker room, where are the trainers going to be? Where are the equipment managers going to be? You know, the coaching staff. Where where's every going to everybody going to be? Are they going to be scattered throughout the arena? You know, it's going to be interesting to see what what's going to what the, their game plan is for you know having these games go on. You know, will they be playing music? What you know, there's there's even talk about piping in, you know, crowd noise. It's ridiculous, but you know, we'll we're just gonna have to wait and see once things start on July thirtieth. And I know that there are a few of you out there that are listening to this pod podcast that don't agree with me on continuing the season. A lot of you just want to forget this idea and move and move to October. Now, I don't blame you. I really don't blame you. But from what I've heard, it seems like the players are excited about getting out there and playing for the cup and getting this season started and over. And I got news for you. There might even be not be a next season. If predictions are right, we could see a second wave of the virus starting this fall, and who knows how long it's going to last. I mean, I've seen stories that the NFL season could be in jeopardy, that they that they might actually have to play inside a bubble or a host city or whatever the hell you want to call it, or you know, like the NBA and the and the NHL is doing. So they they might, you know, they might not even play. And if there is an NHL season, we may not even see an any we're not gonna see an NHL season until maybe January, even if even if we canceled this whole entire playoffs, this whole entire summer, we may not see hockey until January, if we're lucky. We may not see it at all for next season, maybe even like half of the following season too. So society's getting restless, restless, 
And sports would help a ton if they can do this safely. And I believe that they can. They are putting their they have these like little bubble cities. I'm gonna instead of hub cities, I'm gonna call them bubble cities. Because they're gonna actually ha- they're gonna basically you're gonna be cut off, cut off from the outside world. Or they're gonna try and cut, you know, these teams out from the outside world. Now, last night I was watching or I my wife told me about Disney and, and the NBA. Now the NBA has an has a really great idea. Not only do they have a great idea of doing it in Disney, where they have a whole they have a whole bunch of of resorts there. Resort hotels. High high class resort hotels is where they're putting these teams. You know, they're putting they're putting a group of teams at the Grand Floridian, they're putting a group of teams here in this high high end um resort on this side of the property. So you know they're staying at all these high-end resorts, and you have to and you have to wonder, well, what kind of high-end resorts are in Toronto? What kind of high-end resorts are in Vancouver? What kind of high-end resorts are in Edmonton? You know, are they going to be sp- spending a night at the, you know, the Edmonton Marriott or whatever? I mean, I could see. I mean, right now Vegas was the front runner because they actually have all these high-end you know, resorts, but I've actually heard where Vegas could be, you know, the number numbers, positive numbers could be going up in Vegas. So who knows what's going to happen? You know, how are they going to determine these hub cities? But it's going to be interesting to see what we're going to find out by the, by next week and see who that hub city is. Now it's going to be kind of stupid if you're going to put, have two hub cities that are out on the west coast you know in edmonton or in vancouver or edmonton or vancouver and vegas because what about the people watching over here on the east coast really think about it you're not going to want to stay up and watch the bruins play at 10 o'clock 10 o'clock at night are you no why not I'm surprised that they don't even like didn't even consider, you know. Can I knew that Pittsburgh was one. I don't know if it still is considered a a, a hub city or even even Columbus, you know. But I think Toronto would be would be the would be the best bet for the Eastern Conference. I don't know what kind of like big hotels they have there, but at least the guys are going to be in, you know, stuck in hotels. You know, maybe they might put players, you know, instead of like finding a hotel right there in the center of town or right there in the middle of, of the city of, um, of Toronto, maybe on the, on the out, you know, outside, a little bit outside of Toronto, you know, I don't know where some of these, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe some of these teams are going to stay at the hotels they would normally stay at when they're in these cities. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, we do have a start date now. We do have a start date of July 30th, which is good. Now that could bring us, let's see, probably until, let's see, maybe October for Stanley Cup, seeing a Stanley Cup final in October, maybe two months off, which would mean that the next season would start in January. 
which would make sense. They've they've started hockey seasons in January before, so I don't see a problem with that. So we'll just have to wait and see. But my my hope is that when they pick a hub city, that hub city is Toronto for the Eastern Conference. I'm not going to want to watch a an Eastern Conference round robin or playoffs being played in Edmonton, Vancouver, or or even Vegas because that would not make any sense. Hell, even I would even take Chicago as an as an Eastern Conference as an Eastern Conference hub city right now. I don't know. I'm thinking about calling them both instead of hub cities. I'm going to call them bubble cities from now on because that's what the players are going to be doing. They're going to be living living inside this little bubble for for two or three months. This show is available for on all your favorite streaming platforms: iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. If you have a question for me, you can tweet me at HockeyNASCAR413. And if you're in, interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Go Bruins. I love that term, bubble city. (laughs) Bubble city. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.